0: Section 84 of Egypt, Africa, and Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fano Jahangiri. The World's Story, Volume 3, Egypt, Africa, and Arabia, edited by Eva March-Tappan. Section 84. The Legend of the Arabs by Alfonso Mary Luido Lamartine. Tradition says that Nimrod, the fabulous king of Babylon, heard a prophecy that a child should be born who would become greater than himself and all the rest of mankind. To prevent this, he forbade marriage. Nevertheless, the father of Abraham took to himself a wife. When the child was born, his parents, in order to save his life, hid him in a cave outside the city, and thither the angels came and cared for him. EDITOR Abraham, nursed by the angels, grew in strength and intellect in his cavern. His first aggression from it was by night. The firmament of Chaldea, filled with luminous creatures that floated in the ether, revealed to him God. Only he was not yet able to distinguish him from his works. A star resplendent beyond the others first rested his dazzled eyes. There is my God! exclaimed he to himself presently the star descended and disappeared in the horizon no said he that cannot be the god whom i adore so with several other constellations afterwards the moon arose there is my god cried he and it said no it is not my god in fine the sun rose majestically in the east at the border of the forest here truly is my god said he It is large and dazzling beyond all others. The sun accomplished his career and went down in the horizon, leaving the mantle of night upon the earth. That is not still the god I look for to adore, muttered pensively the infant destined for the adoration of the divinity invisible, immovable and eternal. He returned to his cavern to seek his god in his own soul. Having left his cave and been presented to Nimrod as a young man born long before the interdiction of the marriages, Abraham began revealing to the Babylonians the immaterial god, exhorting them to worship in spirit and in truth, and to eject the idols from the temples. The priests of Babylon led the profaner of the idols before Nimrod to have him punished. Who then is your god? demanded the king of the young prophets my god said abraham is he who giveth life and death it is i who give life and death rejoined nimrod to prove it he ordered into his presence from the prisons of babylon two criminals condemned to death and who were awaiting execution he cut off the head of one he gave pardon to the other and supposed his interlocutor confounded But Abraham at first perplexed how to refute this sophism in action, soon recovered himself and offered the king a challenge of omnipotence. Very well, said he. My God is he who makes the sun to rise in the east. Do you make it rise in the west? Nimrod replied, as embarrassed tyrants do, by fire. He had the youthful prophet thrown into a burning pyre. But the fire became cold says the history. Abraham retired into the deserts of Mesopotamia with his family, his slaves, and his flocks. There commence the Hebrews, the Arabs of the Bible and of Jerusalem, the sons of Isaac. Let us turn to those of the desert and of Mecca, the sons of Ishmael. It was upon the future site of this city, a site then without inhabitants and without water, that Abraham, in deference to the jealousy of his wife Sarah, abandoned his slave Hagar and the child he had by her, Ishmael. Scarce had the unfortunate Hagar exhausted the provisions of dates and water which Abraham had left her for herself and her son. than she felt the torments of thirst and ran desperately through the valleys and parched ravines of Safa, asking them in vain for a single drop of water or the oozing moisture of a rock to wet the lips of her infants during this absence of his mother Ishmael cried with impatience and thirst and striking in his anger with his heel upon the sand there issued thence a fountain of cool and pure water Hagar hastened back to the wailings of her son she saw the water and fearing lest it should evaporate in the sun or disappear in the sand she set to kneading the moistened earth in her hands and shaped it into a basin to retain the treasure This miraculous water, which flows still at the present day, is the source of the famous wells of Zamzam of Mecca, which have the virtue of sanctifying the drinkers. Some Arab shepherds of a wandering tribe were pasturing their camels on the sides of the Mount Arafat in the neighborhood. They saw some eagles fighting overhead the site where the prodigy had just taken place suspecting that the birds had smelt the moisture they hastened thither they found the spring the young mother and the child who are you and what is this child asked they of hagar whence comes this water we have never before seen it during these many years that we traverse these solitudes hagar related to them her abandonment they took compassion on her the child for whom the earth seemed to have opened like a mother's breast appeared to them a being predestined for celestial benedictions. They announced this prodigy to the tribe, who came to dwell upon the spot. Ishmael grew up in the midst of this people. He married one of their daughters named Amara. Abraham made them to a visit with the permission of Sarah. Sarah, still jealous, had exacted and conditioned that Abraham should not dismount from his horse at the lodgings of Hagar. The first time Abraham visited Mecca, he stopped at the door of Ishmael and called him by his name. Amara, the wife of Ishmael, came to the door. Where is Ishmael? inquired the patriarch without dismounting. He is hunting, replied Amara. Have you nothing to give me to eat? For I cannot come down. I have nothing, said Amara. This country is a desert. Very well, rejoined Abraham. Say to your husband that you have seen a stranger. Describe to him my figure and tell him that I recommend him to change the threshold of his door. Amara, on the return of Ishmael, acquitted herself of the message. Her husband offended that she had refused his father hospitality, repudiated her, and married a woman of another tribe named Saida. Abraham returned some time after to visit her son. He was absent. A young, slim and graceful woman came to the threshold of the door to make reply to the stranger. "'Have you some nourishment to give me?' asked Abraham of his daughter-in-law, without making himself known or dismounting from his horse. "'Yes,' said she in an instant. And going into the house, she returned soon after presenting to the traveler some cooked venison, milk, and dates. Abraham tasted the edibles, then blessed them in saying— May God multiply in this country these three species of nutriment. After the repast, Seydas said to the old man, Dismount from your horse that I may bathe your head and your beard. I cannot, replied the patriarch. I am under oath not to quit the saddle, and merely setting one foot upon a large stone beside the door while the other leg continued astride on the saddle, He in this way stooped his head within reach of the young woman who laved away the dust wherewith his eyes and beard were soiled. When your husband returns, said the patriarch on departing, describe to him my figure and say to him from me that the threshold of his door is alike beautiful and solid and that he take good care not to change it. Ashmeel upon hearing this recital and these words said to Saida. He whom you have seen is my father, and he orders me in this wise to keep you carefully forever. In a third visit to his son, Abraham built conjointly with him at Mecca a temple or house of God called Kaaba. This temple, which is still at this day the temple of Mecca, was a small and shapeless structure without window or door or roof constructed of unhewn blocks of stone. Abraham did the mason work, and his son Ishmael quarried the stones. They inserted in one of the walls the famous black stone, which an angel was supposed to have conveyed direct from heaven to sanctify the house of the deity. They instituted pilgrimage, rites, and processions around the edifice, which have made subsequently of Mecca the religious capital of Arabia, and which Muhammad was obliged to retain with a change of spirit after his reform. But be it as it may, with these mythological traditions, Mecca became through the processions of the Kaaba, the object of the pilgrimage and the center of the superstitions of all the Arabs who were not adorers of Jehovah. An idolatry dethroned the pure worship of Abraham and peopled the Kaaba with idols. End of section 84 This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jangiri.